Welcome to Thriving After Lockdown, brought to you by Fortify in partnership with SAFA, the Armed Forces Charity. We're here to support the Forces family, both children and adults, with their mental and emotional well-being. Welcome to the SAFA Thriving After Lockdown project. I'm Tom Fox and I'm joined today by Joe Morton-Brown. I'm a veteran, a SAFA ambassador and a former beneficiary of the charity. I'm now a director of Fortify Limited, which provides mental health training and education to organisations. Joe is a BACP accredited counsellor who works with adults to improve their mental health and she's also married to a former paratrooper. We're going to have a chat today about some common subjects around mental health and give you some tools that you can take away to keep yourselves mentally healthy. Hello, Joe. Hi, Tom. So, Joe, we've spoken to some serving members of the armed forces who have been living in the mess um, or living on their own uh, during the COVID lockdown to see how they've been looking after their own mental health. Um, I think that one of the things that becomes apparent is that routine is very important for people. I stayed in Colchester, in Colchester Garrison, in a single single man room, uh, and just uh, worked from my room as an office, as a place of uh, residence, as somewhere to work out. You know that that room kind of became my whole world for a, a long period, um, uh, and being cut off from society like that, it, it you know I, I soon realised, wow, you know this is this is no joke. So I had to take action to to stop myself going mad. <laughs> Because you can't, we're not, as human creatures, we're not designed to spend so long periods on our own. So uh, I quickly realised that I needed to have a routine. Like, even if I had nothing on that day work-wise, get up, get dressed, have a shave, do some exercise, go out for a walk, go out for a run. I think first of all, I'd say I, I made my room home as much as I could. So I made sure I had a comfortable place to be. Um, I had my books. Um, the piano that I'll never learn to play. Um, I've got I've got my stuff here, um, and that's been the first thing. And also just the the wherewithal to sort of keep the room clean and stuff, because obviously you don't want uh, well cleaners can't come in, for example. Um, I made sure I had a, a mini fridge so that I could always have supplies and I wouldn't be reliant on other people, which has been a really big one for me. I didn't want to have to always be asking people for things. I could quite easily have fallen into the the whole sitting at my computer, working remotely for hours on end, not taking lunch breaks, not getting away from the screen. Um, but I decided right from from the scratch that I'd I'd make sure that I carried on. Basically, I did PT at at the same sort of times that we would normally do PT. That eventually drifted, and I changed it to a time that better suited uh, not only myself but the the people that I work with uh, and the rest of the office that were also working remotely um, and, and worked around them but I still made sure that I was doing PT a few times a week and in the end I ended up doing it pretty much every single day to be honest at some point which which gave me a break and got me out of out of my room as well. Routine and motivation. So Joe as we've heard there um, it can be quite hard can't it to keep to routine um, and also to keep motivated um, if you've been separated or isolated um, and perhaps been on your own for periods of time so Tom the thing is with routine is that we as, as adults as human beings we like routine routine is something that is familiar and that actually keeps us safe the hardest thing sometimes is to find that motivation to keep to that routine but Keeping a routine 
can be those little things such as waking up at the same time every morning, making your bed, making sure that we have that regular exercise. And it's just those little things that can help towards that routine. And we know how important motivation is. So here's a question for you. With that motivation, why is that so important when you're a member of the armed forces? Um, I think, Joe, it's a, it's a lot to do with keeping standards, really, as much as anything else. Um, and, but I think sometimes as well, motivation, I think we've all got it in buckets, um, those that are serving in the armed forces. Um, it's, what, it's what gets us through the day a lot of the time, especially when we're under a lot of pressure, um, sometimes intense pressure, um, the things that are out of our control. Um, so we learn to, be, to remain as motivated as we can. But let's be honest, um, we all have times when we're feeling less motivated um, than we wish we were. Um, and so, as you say now, routines. Routines can help us to, to maintain motivation. Um, simple things, as you said there, going to bed every night at the same time, getting up in the morning every, uh, every morning at the same time, meal times at the same time, setting a routine for fitness, um, those sort of things. Really, really important. So those are sort of some easy things that we can do um, to build routine. Um, and as we say as well, sometimes some of the things that we might not actually want to do, we can put them off, it's very easy to procrastinate. So if we look at what those things are, sometimes they're, they're important, but we put them off anyway. Um, we could work those into the routine, so we can have a special time in our routine during the day when we work on those things. But then it's equally important to, get, to put a time in your diary for something you want to do, something that's for you, um, so that you, in, a, in a way rewarding yourself afterwards. Um, and that's sort of a very good routine to start building up. Worry. Financial security. Um, I've got a. I've actually got a service complaint in for quite, quite to quite quite a big um, sum, um, which is after two and a half years is is nearing completion. So I'm sort of that that's on my mind quite a lot at the moment. Um, yeah, family. When when I'll see friends again. Um, also, also really sort of thinking about what what what's going on you know with the military and what it's going to look like in the sort of coming years with everything uh sort of being announced recently prior to lockdown you know i was a, an, an experienced skydiver uh practiced uh, grappling jujitsu wrestling uh you know I, I like to travel and do photography and and, and get out and about that, that was my life and that's just stopped so then so now i'm worried like you know what what am I doing? You know, <laughs> how do I fill my time productively? So that that worried me, uh, and it's just kind of that's just kind of gone on and on. And so, Tom, here's a hard question: but what are the types of worries that somebody would have who works within the armed forces? Um, I think, regardless of what we do, it's it's you know it's natural and normal to have worries. There are certain worries that will be specific to um, certain roles within the armed forces, but I think we need to. Remember that regardless of what it is that's worrying us, it's normal to worry. Um, and we need to give ourselves time to adjust uh, to situations as they come about, especially new changing situations like, like COVID, for instance. Um, there are lots of unknowns and they're troubling everyone. Um, but for instance, some of the things that might be troubling someone might be, you know, will we go back into full lockdown again? Um, what about new strains of this virus? Um, if I get coronavirus, how bad will I get it? Um, and then specific things, I think, other things about like, you know, will I be deployed again in support of the COVID effort? Um, and if I am, where to and how long? Um, and also family things, you know, like, uh, 
how would this how would this pandemic affect my wider family? You know, my friends, my family. How about their jobs, their income, their finances? You know, so these are all common worries, and you know, it's it's okay to feel like that. Um, but I think one of the things to think, well, one of the things to remember is that no one knows the answers to any of these questions. Um, and no amount of worrying or questioning is going to make um, any difference. Certainly listening to the news, listening to gossip, etc., you know, it's not going to help. Um, and in fact, it will probably make things worse. So we need to learn to accept what's happening, really, um, even though that's hard because uncertainty doesn't feel nice. But we need to understand that it will pass uh, when the right time comes and we need to handle it as best as we can at the moment. And I think I've, there's this particular, it's um, a mindfulness activity that I think is, is a brilliant one. It's about the importance of accepting rain. Um, we know about rain in this country, don't we? But um, this mindfulness approach is a four-step approach. And the R stands for when you are feeling overwhelmed, it's about recognising those thoughts and, and those feelings and how you are in that moment. The A is about actually allowing those feelings as hard as it is at that particular moment, but it's about allowing them. The I is about investigating with kindness. It's about actually realizing what's really going on, what's really going on for me in my life right now. And the N is about building that natural awareness. It's about realizing that no matter how hard it is right now, it will pass, just like that rain cloud, it will pass. And it's about kind of having that certain trust and belief in yourself that you will get through it. Yeah, I think that's so important, Joe. You know, you know, we need to remind ourselves that worrying doesn't help and it's so important that we focus on the present and what we can do and what we control right now. Social media. One of the things that really helped me initially was to, to actually come off a lot of the social media, not delete it or pause my account or anything like that. I mean, if you want to, go for it. Um, but I, I got rid of the a couple of the apps off my phone and just kept one of the main ones out there, um, and then just stopped myself checking it as often. Um, and the main part of that is that I just I stopped posting anything online, um, and and limited myself mostly to um, add a comment from somebody else's post. Uh, that that's all I would do at the most. But I would never post anything myself because I felt if I posted a photo of what I was going, what I was doing, or what I was feeling, um, I was then checking to see if anybody had replied to it. And if people replied to it, I felt worse. It depended on what they said, or if they didn't reply, I felt worse because I was like everybody's ignoring me. On one hand, it's a great tool to connect, to learn to inspire, to educate, to, to, to be amused by. It's a great tool, but on the other hand, it, it's, it, you can go down a very dark path of just of jealousy, despair, um, sadness, comparing yourself, uh, and we've got to be really careful. So Joe, modern technology, really good for keeping in touch, and um, if used appropriately, but social media, good or bad, what do you think? So it's such a split one because it's fantastic for keeping us together. It's this, you know, we can learn more, you know, there's so much that we're able to do on the internet and with social media. But what we've got to be wary of is, is my biggest thing as, as a counsellor is that if we're not spending our time wisely, what we can do is we can do this thing when it comes to that scrolling, where it's almost that compare and despair 
And what's happening is we are comparing the very worst of ourselves to the very best of somebody else. And that's why we've got to be really careful of just that screen time and about actually how we feel when we are on our social media. Because we know that, oh, I'll just check, you know, whatever platform you use for, for five minutes. And we know how easy that can be from five minutes to go into 25 minutes. So I suppose the biggest thing is, and here's one for you, Tom, is that when, how do we manage that? How do we manage that when we do have almost this need to go on our social media a lot more? We need to take it into consideration more. We need to think more about how, what we're doing um, and also about what we're, we're reading or um, interacting with. Um, I found recently over the last year that um, social media can be quite a negative place if we're not careful and we can get sucked into that negativity. There's people there venting about everything from I don't know, customer service to politics to uh, a whole host of things. Um, but the thing is those, those sort of feeds often resemble a constant stream of negativity. Um, and, you know, it can really make us stressed out or angry or, you know, worried. Personally, I found it really useful not to follow the news or social media too closely, to be totally honest with you. I think the main thing is to keep an eye on your mood, really. And if you think that you're spending too much time on social media, if it's making you feel, like, depressed or angry or down or worried, um, or if you, you just feel low, you know, because of some of the things you've you've read or interacted with, you need to have a, a an honest chat with yourself. I think, and um, I think it's time to realise that perhaps you're spending too much time, or that you perhaps need to take a break from it. And I suppose it's remembering that you know, if it wasn't for kind of social media and the internet, you know, this pandemic that we're we're going through would have been a lot lot different. And I suppose going with that, that managing that, that social media is that it's about the platforms that you're using, isn't it? And it's about the importance of maybe instead of going on a social media, maybe to contact people via Zoom or something different rather than feeling that, like you said, that maybe sadness or, or anger or frustration and just kind of monitor that mood and maybe just adjust what platform you're using to better help yourself. Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the things that you can do, you can think about what technology you're using. So rather than interact with someone's argument, someone you don't know's argument, and get into a big argument with someone you don't even know in the virtual space, how about using that same time uh, and getting on a Zoom call with your, 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 I don't know, your wife, your, your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your mum, your dad, um, and have a much more positive experience um, and be much more interactive. Exercise. I thought, right, I'm going to learn handstands or I'm going to learn do some kettlebell work or Olympic bar work so then what I started doing I thought I started posting some videos of me training on, on my uh, Instagram uh, and then I got people messaging me back saying oh wow Jay you've you've inspired me to get up and do something myself because I'm very much a proponent of you don't need a gym you don't need a gym to, to keep fit you know there's, there's ways and means to, to, to exercise so it's been well documented over the years just how important our mental health is and how we need to maintain that, that mental fitness for our own health. But it's also about that importance of exercise, isn't it, Tom? Yeah, it certainly is. And, and also, as a member of the armed forces, you know, we want to keep ourselves um, fit, uh, both mentally and physically, and it helps us to ensure that we can do our jobs to the best of our abilities. You know, and being healthy, physically fit, helps maintain our mental health. We know that. Um, you'll feel more awake, more alert, 
um, you'll be able to concentrate better, um, sleep better. So lots of benefits. One of the other things, Joe, is we also know that you know maintaining physical fitness can also help protect us from other physical illnesses such as you know heart disease, um, stroke, heart attacks, etc. So it's important that we maintain our physical fitness. Now, you know, I have been injured in service in the past, and I know what it's like uh, not to be able to do your normal physical activity. Um, but that doesn't stop you from still doing some sort of sport or fizz. Um, you know, if you can't run, for instance. Press-ups, sit-ups. Um, if you have other problems, perhaps, then physical exercise can be as simple as taking a couple of laps um, around your local park, perhaps taking a walk on the training area. But whatever, you know, just getting out, getting some fresh air, uh, getting the blood pumping around your, your system um, is very, very important. Keeping in contact. I organise the quiz once a week with my family. Um, not every single person in, in my immediate family took part in it, but the ones who didn't want to or whatever, uh, I'd, I'd call another time and just have a chat with them. So, you know, getting in touch with my family was, was pretty easy nowadays. And um, they're used to me being away because I've been in the army 18 years and I'm also used to not really seeing them that often. If you expect to be in touch all the time, um, it's not, it's not easy. Um, I think, how we've sort of all got through it is, and so this is both with um, my my partner, but also I'd say my mum and my, my two closest friends who are outside the military, is I think when you are really close, uh, you you kind of time and, and distance don't really mean so much. So you kind of make the most of the phone calls when they come. Tom, we know how hard it can be for serving personnel to stay in contact with friends, family and loved ones, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it can be very, very hard, especially when you're off on operations or, um, or certain jobs that you're doing. It can be really hard to stay in contact with people. But we know how important it is to stay in contact uh, for our mental health. Uh, for those serving in the armed forces, it may not be such as a challenge because we're perhaps sometimes more used to being away. Um, from friends and family for extended periods of times and, and so we can think less of it. We can be more robust, more resilient to that. Um, but we still need to remember that we need to take time to speak to colleagues, friends and family, um, especially you know over webcam or phone. Um, it's much more effective um, and helpful and useful for us than sending texts or just an email or whatever else. And we also think about you know uh, the benefits to our family and friends and loved ones when we're away as well. You know, seeing you, um, you know, over just Skype or Zoom or whatever else and talking with you when you're away can really ease the worry for your family too because, of course, they're worrying. Uh, they're worrying how you are um, just as much as you're worrying about how they are back home, for instance. Um, and as I say, virtual face-to-face -face conversations are so much better for us than texting or talking um, over a phone, for instance. Support Network okay not to have a good day it's okay maybe to feel sad because normally normally you know what you're sad about you yes yes if you feel sad for lots of days and you don't know why you, you feel sad that's probably that's probably a sign that there's something else to worry about um but the sheer fact that you know from this frenetic busy chaotic um pressure-filled world we've had a year of kind of stopping and, and reflecting. Having been somebody that's um, actually been off work for six months with my own mental health problems in the past since I've been in the army, um, I, was act I actually had 
quite a good toolkit um, there already in my mind where I was able to make sure that I was doing the right things at the right times. I mean, I've had multiple discussions with people where I'm a very honest person. Uh, so if I see something that I feel is not right, I'm likely to say something about it, uh, whether that's someone that's just been spending too much time uh, on the computer, not exercising enough or drinking too much. I, I'll always have those conversations with people that I know. Um, I'm not I'm not one to keep quiet. So being kind to our mind is, is such an important thing because I feel that we get too busy with work, with family, with friends, that actually we sometimes feel as if we need to be okay, that we need to stay strong. And Tom, I wonder if for those people that are members of the armed forces, if that's easier or harder for them to actually stay true to themselves and to be honest about their feelings. I think, Joe, when you're in the armed forces, sometimes it can feel quite hard to actually tell people that perhaps you're, you're feeling down or feeling low or anxious or need a bit of extra support. Um, but a lot of the times that's just um, our own mind talk. We're making opinions, negative opinions about ourselves uh, and what other people think about us. Um, and it's not generally true. You know, it's, it's self-stigma. We're just, you know, we're, we're beating ourselves up over it. Um, what I always found when I was in the armed forces is that if I did have a problem and I really need to speak to someone, um, the people that are around me, my close friends, I, I could have those open and honest conversations with. Sometimes we all need a bit of support. It's part of being human. And I think most people understand that. You know, talk to your mates, you know, uh, people that you will know that are a little bit more empathetic, that are open to, to, to more in-depth conversations. Um, and I also found that once I shared something with someone, other people were more inclined to come to me and talk to me about their problems as well. Um, and so it's healthy. You know, we need to support each other. It's what you do in the armed forces all the time anyway. You know, you are not on your own. You're part of a massive armed forces uh, community and, and none of us, none of those parts work independently on their own. They all rely on the other parts of the armed forces uh, for, for the mission to be achieved um, and for the armed forces to work. Um, you know, there's other places you can go as well. I mean, if you, if you don't want to talk to people in your immediate circle, um, you don't feel comfortable with that, there are other people you can talk to. You know, you can talk to the medical officer, for instance, um, your family, let them know how you're feeling, civilian friends. Um, and don't forget as well, you know, you've got SAFA forces line. The, the SAFA is there for you. You know, the um, volunteers and the caseworkers are there to help you if you pick up the phone or send them a text, you know, they're there for you. If things are getting really bad, of course, you know, the Samaritans, they've been talking to people about problems for, for quite a long time. They know what they're doing. Uh, they're not going to judge you or criticise you um, or send you away, you know, saying it's not a problem or anything. They, they will there, be there to listen to you. But regardless of what you decide to do, it is so important that you talk to someone um, and have that initial conversation. Um, otherwise, you know, things don't tend to get better on their own overnight, you know. I think that's so true, isn't it? And it's about if you're not sharing it, then you're carrying it. And I think sometimes that can just be overwhelming, especially when you're trying to pretend that everything's okay. And I suppose, Tom, if you was to have an injury, you wouldn't be able to go and do an exercise, would you, if you had that physical injury? Yeah, exactly. You know, you have to you have to realise in yourself, you know, if you've if you've I don't know, broken an ankle or or done whatever it is that you do and you physically can't take part in something, it might feel you know, you might feel a little bit bad that you can't do it, but you understand that you need time to uh, rest and recuperate and to heal. Uh, and our minds are the same. 
you know, sometimes we need to take a, a step back and, and have to think about how we're feeling mentally, um, how healthy we are, and, and do we need a bit of a rest? Do we need to give our time, ourselves time to recuperate, uh, to get back to full fitness so that we can do our job as best as we can? Um, you know, it's being honest with ourselves, really. And I suppose with what you're saying, it's about that importance of using that support network because you do have one. You do have one. It's just about reaching out to the right person that you can trust. Yeah, as part of the armed forces, you are never on your own. You know, you are part of a massive armed forces network um, of serving people, um, veterans, you know, charities. There are a huge amount of people out here to, to support you and help you, uh, and we all care. Um, so, you know, please do reach out. We will always want to help you. You've been listening to Thriving After Lockdown, helping you with your mental and emotional well-being. For more information on SAFA and other organisations that can help you and your family, visit safa.org.uk forward slash chatter.